Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight, I have two very special friends of mine, two distinguished resource persons to debate the pros and cons of another very interesting motion. And the motion is very simple. The challenges of our democratic experience are principally caused by the people and not the system of government. The challenges we face with our democracy, they are caused by the people and not by the system. That is the position that we, the, the, the motion has, has taken. And so Ghana embraced the democratic form of government as its preferred mode of managing our nation. And after some initial hiccups and interruptions, we can say that for 24 years since the adoption of the, 20, the 1992 constitution, we've had uninterrupted democratic rule. However, major challenges remain. We still have developmental challenges, economic challenges, agri- agricultural challenges, and even law and order challenges that make us look like we are not making progress. And so the debate today is a very simple It's about a simple issue. We acknowledge that both the people and the system have issues. But the question is, which one is the principal cause? Now, proponents of the motion are likely to argue, those who are are saying that the people are the principal problem, are likely to argue that, listen, there are others using the same system we use and are making progress, so we have no excuse. Those against the motion will say, listen, the problem is the people because... Or, or the problem is the, is, is the system because others are using other forms of government and they will point to benevolent dictatorships and to countries like Rwanda and Singapore and say, listen, they are doing huge things and they are not even a democracy. So which side of the argument do you belong to at the beginning of this debate? Tonight, arguing for the motion, legal practitioner and, of course, vice president, president of Imani, Kofi Bentel. He will take the, the the people as the key problem and arguing against Right. Let me get it let me get it right. So Kofi Bentel is arguing that the system is the problem, sorry. And then arguing against the motion, legal practitioner Edgar Fable is saying, hey, the people are the problem. I sit in between, get to write my notes and get to learn from two great brains. Egbert and and Kofi, welcome to Springboard. Thank you. Thank you. Kofi, you've been here a couple of times. But this is your first time. Certainly. It's, and just it's a, a pleasure. Pri- it's a privilege to have you yeah. on the show. Yeah. Let me <coughs> just allow the, the proponents, the protagonists themselves, to bring their points home. Le- le- I- I- I'm told that both of you are an anonymous. Yes, certainly. Absolutely. <laughs> if I realized that, I would, answer that. I would have made some changes. <laughs> the school that your country borrowed is next. Oh, Lord of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> all right, so let me greet all oh, the anonymous. Not anybody knows an anonymous. Ghana National College. Ghana National College. Yeah, let, let me respectfully greet all 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 old students of Ghana National College. Tonight is your night. Please do a show. All right. So I'm going to hear first from from Kofi Bentel. Set us on our way. We are asking about: Is it the people? Is it the system? Which side do you belong to? Who starts? The person arguing for the motion, is that correct? Anybody, but Right. Anybody. So let's start with confidential and find out. You say the system is the problem. Egbert says the people are the problem. We're going to give you eight minutes to, to set your, your principal arguments in motion and help us understand where exactly our problem is. 
Let's go. Okay, so I think it must be clear that the key word here is the principal. Okay, we're talking about what is the principal problem. That also kind of admits that, in a sense, both people and systems, you know, can be part of the solution or part of the problem. So the points that I'm making is to the effect that the system is principally the problem. And if you take Ghana, wherever it is, because since human beings stopped living wild like animals and gathered into societies, the one thing that you will find is that we organize ourselves into groups bound by rules and regulations. Those rules and regulations were essentially things that were to limit us from doing just anything that comes to our mind. And then we appointed leaders to manage us as a society with those rules and regulations. And this is what, you know, comes all the way down into law and other things. You would find, therefore, that every human society is bound by those rules. And the custodians of those rules and the implementers and the persons who enforce those rules are leaders. Part of what leaders have to do is to build systems. And systems order human behavior. So give me any society today that you admire because it is working or things seem to be going right. And one of the things you find is that it's not that they have great leaders necessarily. It is that they have great systems which are maintained. And that those systems, which are rules, laws, you know, norms, punishments, sanctions, and all those things, if you go against them, there is a clear consequence. People don't do what is right necessarily because they know it is right or believe it is right or want to do it. They do it because there is a consequence for not doing what is right. And the only thing that makes them know that that consequence will be exacted against them is because you have a system that does not respect persons. And that is also because there are leaders there who are taking care of that system. You can say that the leaders came from the people, but no. People are different from leaders. Leaders are taken from the people by immediately they get into that position. That is why the president has certain um, 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 privileges that you don't have. That is why he writes in a motorcade. That is why we give him all kinds of things. He becomes somebody who is no longer just one of us, but the person who now builds, maintains, and makes sure that systems are working. Anywhere you find a society that is not working, one clear thing you'll find is that the systems are either not in place or the systems are not working as they should work. And you ultimately find in place that the subset of the people called leaders are not doing their job, not in terms of preaching to the people and telling them what to do, but in terms of making sure they build a system that works and make sure they maintain that system. In this country, we have had presidents who have jumped into gutters and claimed them. We almost had a national pastime, okay, in doing, um, what do they call it, communal labor or you know, whatever. You know, we, we get out and clean. Recently, our government is actually thinking of passing a law to make it mandatory for my senior Egbert here to go and clean the gutter in front of his house. <laughs> and because we've kind of come to agree that, oh, we should all be, you know, part of that whole exercise. But that's wrong. It's wrong because since presidents started jumping into gutters almost 30 years ago, we still have those same gutters not clean. If you go to any city anywhere on this planet which is clean, you will find that the presidents don't clean the gutters. They have systems and they have leaders that implement those systems. If you mess up, they will deal with you. And people don't litter there. 
Not because those people are better than us, but because the system is such that if you do that, there will be a punishment. And the system over there works because there are people who are making sure that every morning the street will be cleaned, places will be swept, street lights will be checked, everything will be made to work. And so it is systems that make those places what they are as against the places which do not seem to work and therefore you find out that things are not working and then everybody is complaining all the people have you know one thing to say or the other at the end of the day what the solution also is for those places which are not working it's not for everybody to get involved and try and be a good person okay but it is for those people to elect proper leaders who will institute systems and make those systems work if the systems work it would not matter who is at the top because the rules will be clear and things will work. The conclusion is simple. If systems work, nations will work. And the voice you just heard is the voice of government arguing for the fact that the, the, the problem is the systems. Systems, that's what we need to get right. Let, let, let me find out if you have a counter-argument um, along the people line before I summarize your thoughts and then go back to to Egbert to dismantle all the arguments. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, a good debater knows the arguments of the opponent. And if you even listen to what I said, you realize that I kept talking about the people have to elect leaders who institute the systems and maintain them. So, frankly, that is where the people angle is. The people have to do something about who their leaders are, and they have to make sure that they demand certain things from their leaders. And what they demand from them is not that those leaders be great and moral and respectful. They demand that those people be effective in running the state, which essentially is a system. All right. So the people's role, appoint the right leaders in place and hold them accountable to the standards that are expected. A couple of arguments that Kribentel has made, if I go back to Egbert, he says human society is organized in, in groups and, and bound by laws and rules. He says leaders build systems and these systems, laws, rules, um, sanctions maintain society. See, if you see a place that is working, if you see any society that people are good, not because they want to be good, but because there are laws that govern their lives. And any time system, um, systems um, work, a nation works. He used litter as an example or rubbish as an example and said, when people decide that they can jump into into the, the gutters and clean them and try to get us all to do same, it will not change. But when you build a system, you can have a clean society. So he says the role of the people, his counter-argument is that the role of the people is to get the right leaders in place and hold them accountable to the highest standards. So Kofi argument, it is the system who must build the right systems. Arguing across on the other side is the uh, Egbert who says it is the people. Let's hear from Egbert and see how we can break down his arguments. Egbert, what's well, thank you very much. I think that my duty is simple to be able to convince you and our distinguished listeners, discerning listeners, as you say, that at the end of the day, it is the people who are principally the cause of our democratic challenges. And I, I proceed in this manner. What is a system? A system is something that has been created by human beings with a common purpose to ensure that they achieve a common goal. So when you implement a system, first of all, you think about the design, who made, who, who designed it and who is implementing it. Say like that it is all about people. If people do not design, create, make and implement a system, how will you even know that a system is already in place? I mean, go back to the state of nature when God put us all here. 
we decided that we're going to develop, for example, a transport system, an educational system, a health delivery system, and what have you. The National Health Insurance Scheme and all of those. There are systems that have been put in place by human beings. It is when we are implementing those systems that people take certain positions, greed, avarice, nepotism, you name them, all the... You know, indices that do not argue well for human development, you know, are inherent in us as a people. And so, instead of something going to the national kitty, we get people, you know, using chronism, people using, you know, all kinds of subterfuge to enrich themselves at the expense of the system and for that matter, the people. Now, when it happens that way, what then what then occurs is that there's lethargy, there's, there's, there is poverty, there's everything that is unacceptable in any dignified, self-respecting society. Now, I will always want to, you know, p- proceed on, on, on such arguments or on such debates by casting my mind to this foremost philosopher, French philosopher, um, René Descartes. He said, Cogito ego sum. I think, therefore I am. Systems are also made to think. But can they think like a human being? I mean, con- conceptualize a computer. The computer was made by the human brain. No matter how powerful a computer is, it is a creation of man. And so when a computer system develops a problem, it is not a computer that self-repairs. It is given to a man or people to repair. And so the human being is always at the center of systems. And once we concede that the systems we have, we have created and are implementing are not up to the original design, it, it should make us take a step back and check whether it is our design that is a problem or the method of implementation. And so if you, even from a philosophical standpoint, if you water it down to our very constitutional evolution, we have decided that we want a multi-party democracy. We want constitutionalism. But first of all, look at the 1992 constitution, for example, and the fact that because of a situation we have had or we had in this country during a third Republican parliament where President Liman's budget read, uh, presented by uh, uh, then Finance Minister Professor George Bennett was not approved by parliament in the first instance. Transit to 1992 when we're drafting the 1992 constitution. We said, no, we don't want a situation where um, a, a ruling government will have its budget rejected by parliament. So let's make majority of ministers come from parliament. And so we are in a system where instead of parliament being left alone to legislate, parliament has become a hybrid with the executive. And so we have instances where we always say in a parliament, if the ruling party is in the majority, is in bed with government. So it is all about the people who run the systems. We, we did this from our experience. And so anybody who takes the position or the posture that it is a system that is rather the bane or our bane, rather than we, the people who develop the system and implement it and do all sorts of things with the systems, Singapore, that we all know about, they have their own version of the National Health Insurance Scheme. They have structured in such a way that if you look at it, it should make every nation's health delivery system, assuming it is on, on the National Health Insurance concept, workable. Why do we have the bottlenecks that we have? This is a country where, after whatever years of independence, newly posted teachers, nurses, doctors, and what have you, have to go on postings and wait sometimes for about six months before they see their fair salaries. Who created such a system? It is the people. And so, until we go back to actuals and realize that systems are created, look at even the ecosystem. The ecosystem. God gave us rivers. God gave us flora and fauna. But look at what we, the people, are doing to the ecosystem. 
we've named it the ecosystem because we concede that God, even in putting us here, had originally put up a system for us to live in. But look at what we are doing to the environment. Is it is it the system that is killing the environment, or it is the people who are not treating the environment right? If you ask me, by way of a question, I will simply answer you and say it is all about the people. Look at the educational structure, the the, the kinds of schools uh, uh, under trees that we have. Who authorizes people to go and teach and learn under trees? It is it is it is people. It is communities. It is government. And so anybody who takes a position that this whole thing is about the system and the fundamental question that that person has to answer is who created that system that is creating the problem? It is the people. Talk to engineers. Talk to broadcasters. Talk to business people. We all sit and develop all kinds of concepts. It is when we have actualized them that they become systems. And we are responsible. We have the patents. We have the copyrights for those systems. No system, apart from possibly the ecology and the ecosystem, was man-made. Every system that we have run is based on wisdom that has been given to humanity by the Creator. And so, when we make those mistakes, we go back to God and say, God because you created us and we've created this system and this system has had bottlenecks, it means the fault is God's. No, the fault is ours. So essentially, I beg to submit that the real McCoy is that it is all about people and the fact that people create systems. And when systems fail, people should learn to take responsibility for their failures. He says, the people create the systems, and when systems fail, people should take responsibility. All right, so the voice you just heard is the voice of Egbert Fable telling us that the systems are created and designed by people, full stop. And the people seek to achieve a goal by designing a system that will help them achieve those goals. He says, the transport system, the educational system are all created by humans. He says, when people create the system, then they agreed avarice, subterfuge kick in and are deployed to achieve their ends. And so the system just becomes a means to achieving that end that they have. And very often lethargy sets in. He says, René Descartes says, I think therefore I am. And that was my first lesson in philosophy. And he says, <laughs> computers are systems designed by human beings to achieve their ends. And ultimately when they fail, it is not the computers that repair themselves. They are repaired by humans. So humans are the center of everything and every system is run by humans. He says, people design systems that express their aspirations and that is why Singapore has designed a healthcare or health delivery system that is working. He says even the natural ecosystem created by God human beings have entered it and then, and then altered it so it is all about human beings. And this discussion is about Ghana's democratic challenges are principally a result of the people and not the system of government. Vaida Dadebo says Ghana's main problem is our people. People constitute a system Benjamin Powell says the system was created for you without choice even before you had your freedom in 1957. Patricia Kisi says, I guess it's like the egg and the chicken. Which one comes first? But I think our main problem is our people. If we have strong people with the right mindsets and attitudes, there will be no problem running the system. Equia Aquila says, systems are made by the people. Nana Mamesa says, the people. Systems are established and run by people. What is a system? Is it not input, process, and output? Who determines the input? Is it not people? We are only where we are because of the kind of input we put in. Garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> All right. So these are some of your thoughts. I'll bring in some more, some more 
expressions of your opinion. But let me just quickly take from Frederick George and then Inkum and then I'm, I'm going to come back to the studio. Frederick Samson says, I think the principal problem is the people. The system may be good, but the system is designed and manned by people. If the system is in place and the people are defiant, things will not work. I, I agree with Egbert. If people get it right, the system will work. George Aquamogan says, the battle might end up with a draw quite insightful already. All right, income Christian says people are the problem because people fail the systems and not systems failing the people. Let me come back to the studio. Let me start with you, um, Kofi, um, Kofi, Kofi Bentel. Um, you are arguing that a challenge is our system. Let me, let me drill it down to our democratic system and ask you for your perspective, your opinion. I mean, I'm going to narrow this down to our democratic journey and our democratic experience. 24 years of running our democracy. You visit other countries and you see what they've been able to do. You look at what we are doing and you see we've made some progress, but there are some things that are fundamental that we don't seem to be getting right. And you're not getting them right. Is, is there a problem with the design of our, democ- our democracy, in your opinion? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And once again, you will see where the line is drawn. Let me just give you our own history. Many people under 20 years today don't really know how we got our constitution in 1992. But maybe you and I will remember that we had a military government. They constituted something called a consti- uh, consultative assembly. assembly. Now, somebody picked those people. Some of them are still alive. They were handpicked by somebody. They were not picked by the people. Those people sat somewhere, came up with a constitution. And Egbert will remember that some of us had huge problems with the constitution because of some of the liberties and some of the, you know, escape routes it created for some people. But guess what? We were given the option of choose the constitution or we continue to remain in a dictatorship situation. Again, the people didn't have a say in the design. The people didn't have a say whether to, you know, tweak this or tweak that. We just had a black or white binary choice. And that is true almost everywhere. You have few people constituting leaders called leadership who usually design these systems. Look, you should see the average Ghanaian who travels elsewhere. They are excellent. They do great things in every sphere. Technology, art, wherever, you will find Ghanaians doing well. And just step out and start talking to people. They can tell you everything wrong with everything in this country. So why doesn't it work? Because we end up with some kind of arrangement which leads to certain people going up into what is called leadership. Okay? There's something called the myth of collective responsibility. The myth of collective responsibility is that all of us are to blame for this problem. In a ship, the captain takes responsibility. In a country like this, leaders take responsibility. Because, Albert, no matter what you want, what you think, who you are, the people cannot go and run the state. There is nowhere a people run a state. So our democracy is the same thing. Our system is flawed. I personally think that parliamentarians must not go and campaign to be elected the way we do it now. It is district chief executives and municipal chief executives who must campaign the way parliamentarians campaign and promise roads and water and this and that because they are the direct agents of development. But guess what? They are appointed. And people who essentially are legislators, people who have to make laws, end up campaigning and promising roads and KVIPs. When they finish, their job is not there. They have to come and sit in Accra and contemplate the lofty issues of legislation. 
Okay. Meanwhile, that system was created in a way to make it a representative system. You are representing your constituency. But that is just half of the problem because parliament should not just be a place where you are represented. It is a place of real work. We are seeing a problem with the system because parliament is not seen as a place to work. It is seen as a place to be represented. So half of the parliamentarians don't go to work. And you have a situation where there are people who have a challenge with the English language who are sitting in parliament because the system allows it. How can you make laws which are conceived, you know, discussed in English and written in English when you have a problem with the English language? Sometimes when you say this, people say you are being, you know, discriminatory against people who can't speak English. Well, the fact is that for you to be able to do that job, you need to master the English language. So that tells you that the system is a problem because it's wrongly designed. Right, it's wrongly designed. Our president, for instance, has been shown to have way too many powers. Who gave him those powers? Some people sat in a consultative assembly, handpicked by another group of people who made these laws. That is why today we are trying to review and you know reform and you know amend our constitution. So, Abed, the way this country is going is not because our people are not capable. It is because our systems constrict us. And makes it difficult for us to do the right thing. How come the mayor of Accra is running for elections today when we have all these kinds of things? He's using his time elsewhere. In another place, it won't happen because the system won't allow you to do that. You have to resign. Somebody has to take up that position so the work can continue. So I still hold that we must be clear about the myth of collective responsibility. We are all not collectively responsible for what happens to the state. Leaders are. We must be careful not to say that it is people who run the system or people who create the system. There is no place where people create or run the system. It's leaders who do that. The responsibility of the people is to make sure they put the right leaders in place. And even that systems come into play. If you are in a village where they appoint the chief through hereditary, there's nothing you can do to change that one. But in a situation where you vote, maybe you have a say. So we are constrained by systems. And everywhere, that's why we have revolutions. They break the system form a new system, and they proceed with it. Okay, let me just submit for your purposes, Mr. Bentel, that even in describing what you describe, you clearly talk about the consultative assembly comprising people who design the system in a particular way. Would you, outside the remit of of this debate, will you you agree to the the notion that if the people had had, had designed the system differently, the results would be different? Yes and no. I have repeated myself saying people don't design the system because they can't. You can't have the whole country do it. So you necessarily you, must you have separate, some people. You separate people from leaders, but the leaders are people. The leaders are people, but you must appreciate that when you assume a leadership position, you are not doing it in your private capacity as a person. And if you take Brexit even, take Europe, and you can take many other examples, when people step into leadership, they are not acting for themselves. They are acting in an office by virtue of certain things. But the motion, the, the motion of the debate is simple. The challenges we are, ha- we are having, is it because the people we put there or the system that we are using? So the thing is, is it because of people or the system? You must appreciate that when we say people, we mean the 26 million Ghanaians. And I'm separating people as in the population from leaders as in the small group of people who we put in charge. And I'm saying they create and maintain systems. If I had to reduce what you said to any changes you would like to make in the system, can I assume that it will be parliament, parliamentarians not campaigning as developmental agents, 
Would you suggest that DCs and MCs should be voted for? Would you suggest that the powers of the president should be reduced? What, what, what changes would you make to our system if you had a chance? Powers of the president should be reduced. That requires a change of the system. DCs, MCs, and co must be elected. That requires a change of the system. Okay, parliamentarians must not campaign necessarily as if they were development agents. They are forced to do so because of the system. So again, you see that each thing requires a change of the system. Now, the one thing I will recommend for us to fix this system is to make the powers of recall very easy to trigger. What I mean is this. When somebody goes into parliament, you are stuck with him for four years. The powers of recall, whether impeachment or whatever it is, they are so difficult to trigger and very difficult to get, you know, successful. We have impeachment procedures in this country, but Egbert will tell you it's almost impossible. So what we should do is to make it such that whether you're a parliamentarian or even the president or a DCE, we institute within the system a very easy to trigger system of recall. So that if the person is failing, then the people can influence who is there representing them and call the person back and have another person put in. That is when you can say the people are responsible for what is going on. Kofi Double says, systems are conceived, set up, and managed by the people. It is the people who manage the systems that mismanage them to the detriment of all. Now, Manuel Dodu says, our mental state of mind is not correlating with the systems in Africa. Poverty mentality is not in line with the democratic systems. Africa doesn't need a democracy. It's a shame. These people live in the diaspora, and yet we don't change. Listen, Egbert, some people believe that we don't even need the democracy that we, we, we are operating with. They point to benevolent dictators and countries that do not have our system who are doing seemingly much better in handling basic things like sanitation much wow. better than us. They travel to countries like Rwanda and they, and they point to Kigali and say, can we not just clean up our act? And, and then others say, listen, it, it, it may be that, yes, um, Kigali will be cleaner than, than Accra, but it's not because it is a dictatorship. It's because we are not getting something right. Let me get your comments on beyond, I mean, as an extension of this debate, but I'm more interested in the education side of it. Yeah. Let me get your comments on what you think about the democratic system as is currently designed. Well, I think, the, think architecture, the architecture of our current democratic you know, order or system is very faulty. There are serious fault lines. Very serious fault lines. The first I've identified already as the hybrid system that we are operating where there doesn't seem to be a distinction between the legislature and the executive because of what happened possibly to the Liman administration in 1979. That's one major fault line that I think ought to be rectified. Now, one of one of the issues that have bedeviled us is corruption. And it will interest you to know that the, the biggest challenge that we have in that area is the Office of the Attorney General. Article 88 of the 1992 Constitution makes provision for the Office of the Attorney General. In fact, it is that ministerial position alone that is mentioned or provided for in the 1992 Constitution. All criminal prosecutions are done at the behest of whoever is Attorney General. And so on an everyday basis, when, for example, in a small neighborhood, somebody breaks into somebody's home and steals, let's say, some personal effects and what have you, you go to the police, you lodge a complaint, the police say, okay, we are going to prosecute. That prosecution will be done by the police instead of lawyers at the Attorney General's department. Now, we all know that police officers... Unless you are a lawyer, 
you cannot, as a police officer, go and prosecute a case at the high court. So any prosecution being done by a police officer will be done at the district court or a, 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 a circuit court. Now, the police are not trained. They come up against lawyers, you know, good lawyers like Kofi Bentel as defense attorneys. And then the next thing is that Kofi Bentel and other good lawyers will use their knowledge of the law to take the mickey out of the police prosecutor. And in the end, the thief who everybody knows in the community stole from Antiagua is set free and goes back to the community. Now, poor Antiagua consults a lawyer after that and says, look, this is what happened during the course of the prosecution. The police didn't do a good job, and so the thief or the accused person walked. At that point, because judgment has been pronounced and the thief has been acquitted and discharged, the right of appeal for that simple case has to be at the discretion of the attorney general. So if the attorney general decides that he or she is not going to appeal the judgment of the lower court that said that he's free, Antiagua cannot, right. on their own, go and lodge an appeal. Is that a system of the people? No, beyond, this debate, beyond the, the debate, I'm trying to learn yeah. about what changes. And I'm saying that it, the, the, the good thing about this is that it's not even about winning or losing. I'm trying to understand yes. yeah. for the benefit of our listeners what we could do differently. As We've, we've, had, we've had our arguments yeah. beyond that. I'm learning from both of you what yeah. we should do differently if we were to design this Good. nation. So, so you are saying that the in, in terms of re, re, redefining how we do things, what would you do differently in this particular situation? We, we need a system of independent, independent prosecutions right. or prosecution in this country. We need private prosecutions as well. And then, long haul, right. in the fight against corruption, the same officer of the Attorney General, let's say a minister of state has run into a difficulty with corruption, but sits in cabinet with the Attorney General. An Attorney General will not find it easy prosecuting a colleague in parliament. And so that's how come we need the independent prosecution system. Charge. People, we make all kinds of noise about charge, Yoko, and all the rest of that. After all investigations that they do, when they establish a prima facie case that this person or that person ought to be prosecuted, that decision, whether or not to prosecute that person, has to be taken by the Attorney General. And so, yes, much as charge and all, Yoko and all, the, the police are all doing a good job helping us, you know, know what is going on. The critical, crucial decision of the decision to prosecute rests with the Attorney General. And so you realize that Attorney General exercises a huge gamut of discretion. You go to Article 296 of the 1992 Constitution. It makes provision that wherever in this Constitution or any other law, discretionary power is given to any person. That discretionary power ought to be exercised fairly, candidly, and what have you. So when Attorney General decide against prosecuting somebody, what explanation do they give to the people? Right. That discretionary power that they took as to not to prosecute, was it decided in the interest of the people or according to the political leanings or coloration of the attorney general? Right. So, so essentially for me, in the fight against corruption, governments will come, politicians will come and say whatever they do. Any politician who does not want to create an independent an office of an independent attorney general or an, an, an independent public prosecutor is just toying with our emotions. Right. For me. I'm going to open the phone lines for you to let us know what you think. Is it people or is it systems? So let me open the phone lines. If you believe it is systems, let us know. If you believe it is people, let us know. I have Dennis from Hatchu on the line right now. Hello, Dennis. Hi, good evening. Good evening, Dennis. Have you been listening to the debate? Yes, please. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just enjoying listening to two people who, <laughs> who, are, who are authorities <laughs> helping us to understand the subject. So let me find out from you. Where do you stand on this issue? I, I think it's, it's the people, right? 
uh, because every system has a requirement. Okay, so if the people don't design the system very well, there'll be loopholes. Okay, and when there are loopholes, the system will not work effectively. So it's the people who design the system who leave loopholes in the end of the system able to manipulate it. All right, thank you very much, Dennis from Hachu. Dennis says, listen, it is the people who design the system. Kofi, people seem to think that eh, the system may have problems, but people design the system. We are not separating people from leaders. The leaders see, are a product of the aspirations of the people. And agreed. That is, that is for people. people but in trying to solve problems, let me just make this point. So let me, let me, let me see a couple of callers and then I'll, I'll come back to the okay. studio. You come. <laughs> All right. The number to call zero three zero two two one six five four four one. Stephen is on the line. Stephen, good evening. Good evening, Reverend. S- Stephen, is it people or is it systems? It's a system. It's not the people. T- tell me what you think about the system. You see, everything rises and falls on leadership. There are lots of examples in Africa and elsewhere about leaders who have stood up and done the right thing and ensured that their t- system works. As we speak now. Those who are engaging in, you know, electioneering um, um, violence and all, can they be prosecuted? Can they? How many Ghanaians have been prosecuted for engaging in electoral you know, offenses? So, if you cannot have leadership that does that by applying the rules to the letter, the people cannot be blamed. So, it is not the people. It is the strict adherence to the rules of the country that makes a country, not the people. As for people, they are just, uh, I mean, they will behave any, 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 any way, but it's the responsibility of leaders to ensure that the right things are done by punishing those who fall out of line. And that's what's done everywhere. Thank, thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you very much, Stephen. But some, some will argue and say, listen, this is exactly what you are seeing that their system is there, but people love to engage in electoral violence. Thank you, Stephen. It's interesting. Sometimes you start, the, you start the argument by trying to establish that it's the people. And by the time you finish making the system, and by the time you finish making the argument, you've ended up indicting the people. But all, all, all together, one thing that is clear, even in the submissions of my guests, is that there is a problem with the system. There is a problem with people. The question is which one is the principal one. And when I allow the concluding arguments, you're going to get off which side of the motion you belong to and tell me what you honestly believe. And you're not allowed to... <laughs> Tell me anything apart from what you believe. Let me end with Adam from Sugarcopy. Adam, Adam, good evening. Okay, um, so, Adam, is it is it people or systems? Systems are there, but the people are not complying with the rules, the regulation. The laws cannot enforce themselves. It's the people. So, all is about the people. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Adam from Sugarcopy. You believe that it is the people and the people and the people. Let me give my guests in the studio one minute each to wrap this up for us. But let me start with Duke of Bentel. Your, your, your closing arguments, and really, it's not, not just about the debate, but about the fact-finding. Is there, is there hope for us? And if, if going forward, how should, we, how should we engage this? Again, we must diagnose the problem well. I was going to say earlier that, you see, in trying to suggest answers to the problem, Egbert continued to talk about how the system ought to be changed. Okay, so it does not matter who is put there. That person is constrained by the system they inherit. The attorney general has been put in a certain system, and he's explaining why she can't do her job well. And he's talking about how we should change the system so you put people there and they can do the job well. That is what I was saying when I said, you have this system which constricts you. 
And whatever you do, no matter how good you are, that's why good men fail in politics and office. So in trying to solve the problem, you realize that you go and start dealing with their system. If you are trying to solve the problem by going to the people, then you know the people are the problem. So it comes back to the point that we must separate leadership from the people and never forget the myth of collective responsibility. The myth my of friend, collective my responsibility. Friend, my final question to you, if people included leaders, will the problem be the pe- people will, will be people or systems? It will be people. Edgar Fidel, take us yeah. home. Well, my, my final take is that I have a lot of faith and belief in Ghana. I believe that if we want Ghana to get to the destination or the aspirations laid down for us by our founding fathers and our national motto of freedom and justice, we need to educate our people. And educated people will create systems that will be sustained and implemented. And even when we make mistakes, we'll go back and correct it and plod on. As, as, we, as we trudge on, what is becoming very clear is that we as a people are not allowing our systems to work because of various reasons. Look, even the bail industry, the bail industry, it's, 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 it's flourishing because we have failed to realize that it is not every punishment or every offense that someone commits that should result in deprivation of liberty. Every mother, every father, every relation will not want a dear relation who has genuinely committed an offense to be kept in custody over a period. Yet we have a police service that takes delight in going to court and always telling the judge that, well, we need you to remand this person because we are continuing with our investigation. He needs him. We need him to help us um, um, conclude our investigation. Why should I help the police to finish their investigation so that they come and nail me? And so everybody goes and finds money for the officer and the officer also goes sometimes into the judicial system and all kinds of things. We just need to stop. We need to make the low-hanging fruits of our systems. We need to take them up a little higher so people can tag them easily. Egbert Fable and Confidential, thank you very much. Some of the prescriptions that I've gleaned tonight that I'm, 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 I've put in my pocket to take home from the uh, Number one, reduce the powers of the president. Number two, MCs and DCs must be voted for. Three, parliamentary candidates must not go campaigning as developmental agents. Four, we must um, we must increase our powers of recall. When you go and you're not performing, you call you back and fire you and then reappoint as they do in the corporate world. Let's not wait for four years. Number five, our hybrid system, which has MPs also being ministers, is counterproductive in a certain sense because it doesn't help us to observe true separation of powers. Number six, he says the office of the AG is set up in a way that doesn't benefit us. And so if the AG had a colleague who had been involved in corruption, will they have the, the, the guts to, to prosecute them? He says, let's go for an independent prosecutor or possibly allow for private prosecutions. He says, even when we say we have we have bodies like Shiraj and Yoko, their findings when they make them uh, subject to the AG's office to prosecute and then they end up with the same person. So going forward these are changes we must contemplate as we seek to build a better system. On behalf of Comfort, Matthew, Amos and Ishira, I want to say thank you to you Kofi Bentel, thank you to you Egbert Fable and thank you to all of you for listening in. God bless you, God bless you and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Arbet and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS 
or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. The light has come.